Good morning again. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. Um, if you will take out your Bibles, I'm actually going to be reading out of the Bibles on the end of the pews, um, the ESV, um, if that's helpful to you. But you also have that one in front of you, which is just a hair different. Um, we're going to be reading this morning out of Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. And while you're turning there, um, in my research this week, I, I learned a lot of good stuff about, about Revelation. So who's the author of Revelation? John, right? But it's not John the Baptist. It's John who was on this Greek island of Patmos. And if you look at a map, y'all know I love a map and a schedule. Um, if you look at a map, you've got mainland Turkey, and you've got Patmos, which is this tiny little island, volcanic island, um, just to the southeast of there in the, the Aegean Sea. And it's part of Greece now, and it, it was back then as well. And uh, these are the words of Christ. So if you have a, a Bible or a Bible app, they will be in red, revealed to John, um, to the Christians of the church of Laodicea. So Revelation 3, verses 14 through 20. Hear now the word of the Lord. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would you, you are either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent." Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he with me. All right, so again, these are the words of Jesus. We see that if you look at verse 14 first, uh, it says the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. For those of you that like contemporary Christian music, there's a really, really great song right now by House Fires called Yes and Amen. And so uh, this is a reference back to 2 Corinthians 1.20, and it says, For all the promises in God, in Him, are yes and in Him, amen. And so when we sing yes and amen in that song, uh, that's what we're talking about. Um, But what I wanted to focus on today is verses 15 and 16. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you are either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. mouth, And keep in mind, these are the words of Jesus. These are pretty strong uh, words. So contextually, and I'm all about context, why do you think he said it this way? Well, you know, if you look at the the history of, of what's happening here at the church in Laodicea, they had these aqueducts coming in. And um, obviously you want cold or you want hot water. You don't want lukewarm water because what can you do with that? Um, And so the water that was coming in here was, you know, real yucky to them. Um, So what do we know about lukewarm? With hot water, what can we do? We can make coffee. We can make tea, boil noodles, or, you know, bathe. We can be clean with the hot water. We need hot water. But with cold water, what can we do? We can have a a glass of ice water, make tea and lemonade, wash our car, whatever you want to do. 
But if you think about the uses, I'd be willing to bet that there are less uses for lukewarm water than the other two. And so, you know, the reference here is when you're lukewarm, what are you trying to do? You're trying to play the middle. You're trying to be both. And at the end of the day, um, it's nothing. It's nothing because you're trying to split the difference and play the middle. Um, And so Jesus is using this uh, representation of the church in Laodicea being lukewarm. So how does that, you know, relate to us? Um, Well, I think it's a different, it's a, it's a picture of indifference, maybe being apathetic, not caring about uh, what we need to care about. Compromise. I think compromise is good in some situations, but, um, you know, a lot of times I think that we have opportunities to share our faith and share the love of Jesus with others. And we neglect to do that because we compromise. And so, Um, Perhaps most importantly, when we are lukewarm, as it says uh, in Revelation, we become complacent. And so what does that mean? What is the dictionary definition of complacency? It's a feeling of being satisfied with how things are and not wanting to make them better. And that is not what we are called to do as people of God. We are called to live in freedom, in the freedom of Christ, as it says in Galatians 5.13, Uh, So the the folks in in Laodicea, why were they complacent? A little background. Well, they were wealthy. They were really important. Um, They were known for an eye salve. What is that? It's an ointment. And they were known for this all over uh, the world. And so this caused caused them to have a lot of prosperity. They knew what they were good at. And so economically, they did very, very well back in the day. Um, They also had famous temples and a medical school connected to it. And, you know, none of those things are inherently bad. But um, just because these folks had a lot doesn't mean that they shouldn't have quit following God. And so they became complacent in their, um, you know, evangelical works and spreading the good news of Jesus. You know, exporting eye ointment, wealth, all those not bad things. But they got their priorities mixed up. They forgot to share Jesus with others. Um, A quote by Francis Chan. He is the author of Crazy Love. Great book. Highly recommend it. Lukewarm people don't really want to be saved from their sin. They only want to be saved from the penalty of their sin. And so what does that look like for us? You know, spiritually, what does it look like when we become complacent. A few personal examples before I talk about that. You know, one of the things that keeps me up at night is complacency. In in my two jobs, Red Zone Weather and and here at the church being a youth director, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time watching film on YouTube, just like a coach, a football coach. What do they do? They watch film to see what went right, what went wrong. And, you know, when I'm watching this film, I'm thinking, okay, what can I do to cause this person to act when there's Um, you know, a bad weather situation, because that's one of the problems that we're facing, um, not only in the weather enterprise, but really across society. People are becoming complacent, and they're becoming overly sensitized to to warning. Same thing in youth ministry. Now, obviously, it's a little different, because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in that, Um, and so obviously praying is a big part of that, but also thinking about what what can I do, how can I successfully communicate that this is a relationship with God, This is more than just coming to church on Sunday. We want to live our faith out. And so those are the two of the the things personally um, in terms of complacency that that I think about a lot. But, you know, same thing here for all of us in this room. Um, Our relationship with God, we get sidetracked. We don't do the things that 
we're called to do. Reading the Word, praying, loving people well, coming to church, being a part of a covenant Christian family of believers. Easy to say that we're going to do, right? But does it really happen? I mentioned loving others well. Our relationship with other people, um, I think that so many times we get caught up in... uh, you know, the things of this world that we forget about our relationship. You know, love God, love people. That's what it boils down to at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, And Parker and Ryan and Gloria and my grandmother, my dad, all of you have have, have probably experienced this. I'm not a morning person. And uh, here's the thing. That, I'm not. That's complacency, though. That is my own sin because I am not a pleasant person to be around at 7 a.m. or 9 a.m. for that matter. Uh, but that's my sin, and, and that's what it is. It boils down to complacency. And so, you know, we are a naturally complacent people due to our sinful nature, as it says in Romans 3.23. But, and, and if you don't hear anything else, this is the part you need to hear, but, but God... We've all got this complacency, and that creates this problem. But God is never complacent at all, ever, with any of us. You know, if you look at it, uh, I think a river is a good example, or a creek. you got two sides on a river and a creek. And, you know, if we're on one side, all of us in this room and, and the whole world, we have the problem of sin. And God, on the other side, is perfect. He, in his almighty ways, um, loves us, but he is perfect. And so we've got this problem of sin. But we see in the book, in the Bible, that God has made a way for all of us through Jesus. And so Jesus is that bridge to get from our side to to his side, his eternal side. And uh, that good news is what we are called to spread on a daily basis. I want to commend to you Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. I want to read it real quick. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And here it is, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made, a, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. It says in Psalm 103, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. It never stops. Even on our worst day, when we're having a terrible day, he never, ever, ever stops loving us. His nature is love. His nature is hope. His nature is active and living And certainly not complacent. Never. He isn't settling for leaving us on the other side of that bridge. He is active in making that bridge, making it strong so that we can cross it every single day. He's showing us grace, mercy, and love like we've never seen or known before. Like it says at the end of the the blurb that we read earlier in verse 20, he's knocking at that door. And he wants to move in all of us, every single one of us. He wants to come in, not to condemn, but to make us more like him so that we can love and go forth and spread the love of Jesus to even more people. We are his. And while obviously, even in our lives today, we're going to mess up. You know, one of the misconceptions that I hear all the time, oh, well, Christians are perfect. No, that's not true. Christians aren't perfect. Far from it. 
But, you know, we know the perfect love of God, and it's our job to, to spread that. Um, he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to cancel our debt that we owe him, the debt of complacency, the debt of every other sin. And so my charge to you uh, this morning, perhaps you've never met Jesus. I would encourage you. We would, uh, I would love to talk to you. Um, I guarantee you some more folks in this room would love to talk to you and tell you about the good news of, of Jesus. And for those of us that do know Jesus, our charge is to not become complacent. So easy to do on a daily basis, but are we giving it our best for God in all that we do, in our work, in our relationships, and most importantly, in our relationships with him? And so that's my charge to you this morning. Uh, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much uh, for never becoming complacent with us. I thank you that uh, your love never ends. And even though uh, we do fall short of your glory, we thank you that you have made that bridge and made a way for each of us. We ask, Lord, that as we go from here, that by the power of your Holy Spirit alone, that we would rely on you and that we would seek to um, share the good news of Jesus with others even today. We ask all this in his name. Amen.